sleep your headphones on. I'll be your radio. And if you turn me on, how would you ever know? What am I supposed to do with these? You have to ride the Blorna. No, no, I refuse to go without you. Hi, look what I made for you. Magic socks. What's that? Uh, huh? Ride the Blorna! I will fulfill my destiny! Yeah! What? You are nothing without the nincompot. Nice try, kid, but my grandfather could knit better than you. You are worthless! <laughs> I believe in the power that is within me! Ride the Blorna! Welcome to the Grellcast. We've got video game news, teaser trailers, product tie-ins, convention news, fan haiku, and of course, cosplay and recipes from the Volcarni Nebula. Take it away, Christiana. Welcome, everybody, to the newest episode of the Grellcast. There's a lot of great stuff to talk about, you know, in-universe mm-hmm. this week. There's uh, plenty of news we, you know, heard in the intro. We've got a lot of listener contributions and uh, just... Uh, all sorts of great stuff in this episode. As you said, we've got a lot of community news, which is fantastic. Yeah. So we're getting a lot of feedback from everybody. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously we're talking about our favorite movie. It's coming out soon. Uh, I don't know about you. I, I know we talk about it a little bit and stuff, even when we're off cast. But yeah. it's to, to be able to share it with the, the fans, you know, other other, well, other yeah, grell heads. You know I mean? It, yeah, it's, the, the community it. aspect of it is it's just this incredible fandom and i mean you know there's been lots of properties out there that you know inspire fandom but this one just seems to have this special feeling to it you know even though you've got team book and team tv Mm -hmm. factions so to speak there's not this hostility between them that i think you see in some other fandoms like that i think it's the message of the now i know you're a fan of the the original book more than the original cartoon like i am yeah but the message is still the same. No matter what the the format, the medium that it's presented on, mm-hmm. the the message, the moral of the story is always the same. And it's that kind of community. It's that coming together and, mm-hmm. and helping to overcome. Well, right. I think that definitely shines through in both versions. And, uh, you know, we can... We can hope that I'm, I have every expectation that the movie's going to uh, carry that on, that, mm-hmm. that great tradition. And I mean, you know, longtime listeners know that, you know, my preference personally is for uh, the books. I read them first, and I think that the, uh, the animated series is great work, and I loved it. 
Um, although, you know, obviously there were changes. Everybody, you know, is aware of many of those. You know, I, I prefer the ones the, that introduced me to the universe. And so that's, that's just my preference, although I certainly enjoy them both. Mm-hmm. Now, Rich has refused so far to even read the books. I have. I am spoiler free for 010 until the movie comes out in 2011. Okay. Now, I, I mean, obviously I've got my purity spoiler ring. Um, which is, uh, which is available at my Etsy shop. It is very um, cute. It's got the Roldarian yeah. symbol no, insignia like on there. Yeah. It's something I'm very proud of. But yeah, I do keep spoiler free, except for, of course, the original, uh, cartoons. It was a Japanese animation. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it was adapted from the book. Right, right. Obviously. And because of the cultural differences, there were some, some changes and stuff to the to the story, but the message was always the same. And right, right. I haven't wanted to read the books because I know they're kind of doing a, with the movie. They're doing a blending of the two, which well, yeah, that's I mean, one, you know, the the leaked bits of script we've we've seen and some of the buzz. Wait, no, we you've seen. Okay, I'm, I'm fine, staying yeah. spoiler free. Well, so yes, but like the information we have so far is that it is, the movie will primarily be using the story from the books. As opposed to the changes uh, introduced in the animated series, but it will be using some of the new ideas from the mm-hmm. animated series, and exactly how that blend uh, comes together, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, you know, I- I'm really excited about <laughs> uh, some of what we've heard so far. Well, sure, and I mean, the book has won um, you know numerous nebulas and Hugos and yeah, well, and whatever the whole series. Awards. I mean, it's like every single installment wins the whole. Se- I keeps sweeping everything. That's true. True. Now the the animated cartoon, of course, it's an anime. It's it it won the Japanese Emmy, uh, the Jemmy, yeah. I think yeah. they call it. Uh, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I don't really know what they call it. Uh, we like the fans, otaku such as myself, like to call it the Jemmy. Yeah. But you know, it's one of those universe spanning stories, even though that uh, timeless yet futuristic yet present, mm-hmm. yet omnipresent. Yeah, I, you know, and other words that I may not know the full uh, meaning of. It's just so all encompassing of the human human nature and human right. spirit, uh, things that have not not ever effectively been captured, I feel. Well, you know, I, I think what's interesting, too, is just the blend, the, the fact that we've got these great series of books and the animated series, there's so much diversity in terms of the audiences of those two groups that have bonded together in this overall fandom, I think is what makes it so great, because we have the people who read the books initially, who, of course, are mostly in the United States, but, you know, expanded to the English-speaking world. And then uh, mm-hmm. as there have been translations to other languages, we've we've increased that popularity from there. And then, of course, we have the people who found the story for the first time from the animated series, you know, initiating in uh, Japan first. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then as it crossed over the Pacific, you know, of course, there's a whole controversy about, you know, the subtitle version versus the dub version. You know, <laughs> well, I, nah, well, that's in, in any anime, well, really. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that but more so in this so. one, because it, 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 well, it dilutes the message, really. Well, you know, it's weird because there's so many of the changes that were made to the story in the anime to begin with. And then when the dub changes, like, more of the stuff that was changed in the first place, you start, like, it's like, okay, well, which version is the definitive thing? Cause it, it's, yeah, which one's canon? It's almost like, you know, yeah. the Hitchhiker's Guide had, you know, there was the radio dramas and mm-hmm. then there were the yeah. books. And then, I mean, it's, it starts becoming like, and then the TV show, and mm-hmm. they all had 
different versions of the same scenes and you start saying, well, which is the original, it's actually hard to know. True. And but, a lot of people like to take kind of the, the parallel universe aspect yeah. to it, that it's the same characters. They just – they exist on a different plane. It all plays out a little differently. But it can know. get very confusing. And I know uh-huh. that there have been some talks about the movie branching off this this new canon, this kind of like – not quite an official reboot like what they did with Star Trek. Well, I mean it's not but a reboot because it's, it's the first movie, right? I well, mean, but he, I, I know what you mean though in, in terms of people were wondering if they were going to try to like just reinvent the whole idea because obviously – I mean people – People have been saying for years that the books the books were unfilmable. True. Matter, it, matter of fact, we got some voicemail about that. Yeah, that we'll be talking about later well, on too. And I mean, I I confess, I was one of those people for the longest time. I mean, I read these books, and I'm thinking, I just don't see how this can be done. You know, even with special effects advancing as quickly as they are now, and certainly, I mean, the fact that they're so advanced now is mm-hmm. it's part of what makes possible for them to even attempt this now but mm-hmm. at the same time there's just such a richness and texture and the, the subtlety of the inner lives of these characters that it just seems like it would be really difficult to convey the complexity of all of that on on film and yet what we're hearing the buzz and some of these uh those mm-hmm. leaked script pages you know i have to say i mean Obviously, we'll have to wait to the final product. But well, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, anything it, that we say is is speculation right now. Because mm-hmm. unless we see it on the screen yeah. and, or, or hold it in the DVD, because, I mean, there could even be changes from the theatrical release to the DVD. Well, yeah, if I it's mean, a collector's edition, yeah. a director's cut, and well, directors. I mean, I mean how many – it's already had what oh. four directors, so it, yeah. it could, there could so, be four director's well, cuts out And who out even knows who this new guy is? Yeah, I mean – True. Okay. You know, in that sense, we probably ought to do like just a recap. It's of, good. That's, like all of the stuff that this is. That been is through. a good idea. A lot of people. We've got some first-time listeners. Yeah, yeah. Well, first-time listeners, people who have maybe only just now started to hear about this. Now that the sort of the official hype stream is starting to to ramp up, you know, I mean, we've got lots of people who might know about the books or the anime, mm-hmm. but haven't mm-hmm. been actually following the production of the film. Well, that's true. And so. Let's uh, recap. Let's see what we don't, we don't want to forget anything. So maybe we just thought of. I don't know, pull up Wikipedia or something? Yeah, that's actually a pretty good idea. Okay. Hey, uh, I don't know if we want to just read this verbatim or... Well, I think we can and we can kind of paraphrase as we go. Yeah. It, look, it's Wikipedia. It's going to be boring the crap out of people. Yeah, okay. So, um... <laughs> All right. Um, so where do, where do we start? Where do we start? Oh, oh, yeah. So Bernard Mills, the screenwriter. It, it's kind of... I mean, you could you could make a whole movie just about, like, this guy. Because nobody had ever heard of this guy. Apparently, he'd been in L.A. for a while. You know, he had no other credits uh, that anybody's been able to determine so far. But he just, like, apparently burst into this restaurant. Um, Let's see. What do we got here? Oh, lost the page. I'm scrolling. Hold on. (laughs) Um, You can see how much editing we do in this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, anyway. uh, Sure. Oh yeah, so doesn't say what restaurant it was here. Um, he burst into the crowding, crowded dining area and tried to force a box of manuscript pages on the hostess, screaming and insisting that they were perfect and that they must be taken away from him before he could change a single word and ruin them. And so they they actually call the police on this guy. They have to tase him, and he like they take him away and they take the manuscript with him. Except 
for one page, and I mean, like, is this a movie scene or what? One page slips out of the box and, like, falls under a table so nobody sees that it landed there, except, holy cow, just by sheer coincidence, Carter Bailey, film director, is there at the restaurant. He sees the one page slip under the table, and he's thinking, oh, oh, well, why not check it out? Oh, yeah. I mean, okay, so... uh Actually, in the movie version, I, I'm picturing John Cusack <laughs> playing Bernard Mills. Yeah, and, I can see that. And Gene Hackman. Gene Hackman, that would be Gene great. Gene Hackman playing Bailey. Yeah, yeah, I could. No, totally, totally, I could see that. <laughs> and and wow, I'm, I'm I can just, just picturing it now. I can just picture <laughs> Bailey just getting so excited about it, and and just just kind of knocking over a table to dive for the paper. Just <laughs> almost like there's a glow around yeah. it or something you know, like well, that. He said um, it. It has. I think it says it's about his interview here. He had an interview later. Yeah, he assumed, like a lot of people did at you know at this point, that it was just like a publicity stunt, right? You know, like this. Oh yeah, this, yeah. This I, unknown I, screenwriter, and I mean, what better way to get some attention to a script than like have this huge thing? Now, I mean, actually getting tased and arrested. I mean, that's don't tase me, bro. Don't tase me, bro. You know, I mean, at the same time, you know, people are desperate in Hollywood, right? You know, but this that is, is true. This is a little bit of an unusual take, though. The idea is he's not even like he's not it's not like he's trying to get it to a director. He's like just handing it to like the hostess of this restaurant, hoping that they'll do something with it. I well, know, uh, but so of course the conspiracy theorists, you know, there's like you know, oh, did yeah. he know that Carter Bailey was there? Was there something mm. like that? But it seems unlikely to me that the idea that he could get arrested and they take the script with him, except for one. Page and that one page is enough to convince Carter Bailey that this is genius screenplay. Oh, the cat's on the humidifier. Cat's on the humidifier. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get up and chase the cat off. Professional. Yes. All right. Sorry um, about that, anyway, so. But yeah, I mean, just uh, it's, it's serendipity. Well, yeah, it's, it's just, just encompasses. It's, like, that's, it's why it feels like a movie. It just seems like you couldn't, you couldn't ever make this happen on purpose. It's just the sort of thing that happens. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of a movie. It seems like destiny, doesn't it? Yeah, it, you know, it does. If it was like any other, pro, you know, any other project, I just, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't generally believe in that sort of thing. But, you know, just sometimes these sorts of stories, it's just. I know. It just makes a believer out of you. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, so, like, Carter Bailey, you know, sees this one mm-hmm. piece of paper. And, you know, he's familiar with the books, of course. And well, so, like, so he. Looks at it, and I, I don't even think we know what the page was or what specifically was on it. But it, it, there was enough on that one page that he just said, my God, this is genius. I have to go meet this guy. And so he, like, contacts the police, right, mm-hmm. and tries to follow up and find this guy. And it turns out he escaped police custody and took the pages with him. And, then, and the no, nobody it, knows the where one. he is. He's like, he's, he's like, you know, and I mean, I would say it's a manhunt, except it's like it's just some random guy. You know, it's like they're not <laughs> they're not that worried about him. He's just some random lunatic. Yeah. They were, you know, arresting for disturbing the peace, right? I mean, they don't care that much, right? So, but so obviously it. But now, like, the search is on, right? And mm-hmm. we have to find this guy. Oh my gosh! And so, um, you know, a lot of the details of that um, we don't know because it it really kind of. It was behind the scenes for a while. I mean, because there was the big outburst, yeah. but then it was really not until a couple of months later mm-hmm. that I guess um, Carter Bailey finally tracked this guy down. Um, what was his name? Bern- Bernard Mills. I, I cannot keep that name in my head. I don't know why, but tracks him down at a monastery in Nepal. <laughs> well, and I, I mean, 
I mean, it's I, Gene you... Hackman playing this guy. Yeah, I mean, well, okay, in, in the movie, if it ever yeah. happens, of course he's going to track him down. I, we can, we can get Will the, Smith to help him out. They can have an homage to the what's it, what's it in the movie where he's driving under the elevated train or something. What I don't even the, know what the French Connection. Yeah, I don't know why that's a homage. I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just imagining Superman. him in, in hot pursuit is is what I mean. It's like, when he played Lex Luthor. No, 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 no. In French Connection, oh, where, okay. you know, he's just he's chasing the guy in the train. He's just he's determined to get him. No. No, it was French. Okay, I'm sorry. It was French Connection. Okay. But- <laughs> Enemy of the state where he's the conspiracy yeah, nut. There we go. Okay, no, so- that's just silly. All right. So- <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> so okay, he's chasing so- him down to Nepal. So um, let's see. Um, this is the article again. Um, Mr. Mills had sought refuge there, claiming that after completing the script, he'd undergone a spiritual epiphany and had now renounced the physical world and all material possessions. He refused to sell the script, claiming that to put a financial number on it would be sacrilege, but he agreed to hand it over for a simple promise to share it with the world. So this guy's essentially Ace Ventura in the sequel, right? Is he's he? just kind of communing with animals. Oh, that's and, and right. I be at peace with himself. You know, I had, I had really successfully managed to not think of that movie in a long time, so thank you very much for... Bringing that back. I was on TV recently. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but no, it doesn't stop there. I mean, because this, this story is crazy. Because, of course, I mean, this script, he's going to give it away for free? I, okay. That just – no. That's, the realities of Hollywood are different. So, of his, Unless the, it's like a destiny thing. I mean, maybe he felt universally that he needed to bestow this upon man. Well – but then the lawyers come in. And, uh, oh, no, I'm, I'm not disputing uh, lawyers, his intent. Right. I'm just saying there's too much money involved here for him to be allowed to give it away for free. And so, like, the lawyers have him declared incompetent. And there's this whole trial. I mean, he appealed it. How high did it go? It didn't go to the, it's not the federal Supreme Court, but state Supreme Court, I think, mm-hmm. about, like, could he be declared incompetent just because... He wanted to give something really valuable away for free. And I mm. mean, because they talked about, you know, philanthropists who are donating lots of money, right? And, you know, mm-hmm. and so um, regardless, I think he ultimately just stopped fighting and went back to the monastery or something. Because right? I, I don't think anything else came from it from there. I don't remember hearing. Well, have I, I heard something about the studio case. that he <sighs> – that he felt that the universe had ownership over the story, mm-hmm. but he did ask. There was some kind of uh, compensation to the oh, monastery. Yeah. So they have. They well, I think the studio donated money to the monastery. They have it here. Is um, the lawyers? They you know declared him incompetent, and they negotiated a royalty of five million dollars that they were going to put in a trust fund for him. But what he mm-hmm. eventually did is part of it went to the monastery. And part of it he donated to uh, Jerry's kids. Oh, Jerry Lewis. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's oh, a good charity, but it's just kind of random. I've done parts. I've done stuff for Jerry's kids okay, from well, DA well, Telethon. Yeah. That was really cool. Yeah. So okay. So anyway. So um, I get a lot of time on this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, There's a lot of stuff. Well, it's it's such a great story too. I mean, this, this production is like. It's insane. You know, I just mean, like, there's the Harry Potter movies that do this first thing ever of, you know, like, have the kids grow up together and blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. But, I mean, it's just, like, there's never been a movie like this. I don't – and it's – that it would be this story mm-hmm. that goes through all this. It just feels crazy but right somehow. Yeah. And yet it's – I mean – it's kind of scary because it's, yeah, all this stuff happens. You don't know what's going on. Is it's it, universally I mean, clicking. Because 
I, you know, so we get, you know, Carter Bailey, obviously, he's the champion of this this project. You know, he's mm-hmm. the one that tracks this guy down and gets the script in front of the studio heads. And so, It's not easy to do, finding well, a monk in Nepal. Well, yeah, I mean, I was like, I don't even know how, how do you start with something like that? Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, maybe he could play a part in this, too. Oh. He could dress in drag and do a remake oh, of The Golden Child. Well, you know, if they start getting into this stuff in book three, I could see some of that. Mm. I don't think that this, this. I mean. Well, yeah, but book four is a little Pluto Nash territory, so I don't know. They may. Oh, wanna... yeah. I mean, they might want to just stay away from that just on the baggage grounds. Yeah. On. Okay, but, but anyway, anyway, so, um, so of course, Carter Bailey is the first director, and he is instrumental in all of the pre-production stuff, you know, the storyboarding, set design, casting, all that stuff. But then, like, a week before they're supposed to start shooting, all of a sudden we get the news. He's been hospitalized due to emotional exhaustion. And so he's in like some rehab hospital, but it was apparently not drugs or substance abuse or anything. It's just, he he just like had a nervous breakdown. And, and so like three weeks later we get, this public statement from was his publicist repeats, releases a public statement saying that the tremendous pressure of adapting this story forced him to reevaluate his life's work and that he was officially retiring from filmmaking in order to spend more time with his family. Hmm. And I mean, he's like, what? Carter, this is Carter Bailey. I mean, he's made like this. I mean, just making the film is too much, but I, tracking I, down a monk in Nepal. I know, That's fine. like, yeah. That, so, but making a movie's too much for him to come this far and then go th- and then it's just mind-boggling. And I, I mean, I so I don't even know. And so, of course, when that happened, like everyone's like, so what happens now? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, what are they what are they going to do? And so, for a while, it was thought that they were just going to shut down the whole thing. And then it would have been a shame. Well, yeah, but then <laughs> at the time, this this seemed like horrible news. Mm. Michael Bay, of all people. Oh, I know, I know. I, I remember um, hearing about this. I, Michael I just, Bay steps forward. He says, here, I'll take over. I'll save the day. And, and we're like. Oh, no, I know. And I mean, at that time, I think you uh, and me and pretty much everybody were just kind of saying, no, let's revisit the whole shutting down the whole idea thing. Yeah. You know? I mean, because. I, I even threw away my, my team TV shirt and just. Uh, well, it, it's just. It, uh you know, so okay. I don't think we really need to spend any time explaining why yeah. Michael Bay would be so wrong for this project. I think but, you know, honestly, though, the explosions would be amazing. The the, well, the space yeah, scenes I would mean, be astounding. Yeah, even it's the got CG that rapid effect. fire editing, though. Yeah. I mean, it would totally destroy the the poetry of those battles. Yeah, well, yeah, because again, it's the he gets it's the, the message of but the battles, not the beauty. Yeah, it's okay. the the messages of the battles because you know yeah. I mean it's 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 storytelling within every with there's, every there's sword a, blow with, with in yeah. every laser blast and yeah. in every boomerang there there's so much story in, right. in that and, and and a melody to the battle that I, he would have just made I can one only giant imagine cluster explosion yeah I, okay so. explosion explosion yeah but so anyway the one thing though that. Uh, I think in hindsight, we have to thank Michael Bay because, I mean, obviously he left <laughs> to do, True. you know, Eye of Argon, which, uh, you know. He's going to hey, work on that after Transformers 3, but yeah, wow, Eye well, of Argon. Know, honestly, just, though, I think much more suited to his particular 
strength. Yeah. Well, the thing is that Uwe Boll walked away from Maya Vargon and Michael Bay picked up after him. So I can only imagine it, mm-hmm. it's, it's only looking up. Yeah. In fairness. Well, but the point is, though, that as horrible as it seemed that Michael Bay was going to be allowed within a mile of, mm. of this script. Blast ultimately, fever. he is responsible for keeping the project mm. alive. True. And then when he left. True. Um, you know, he kept it on life support just long enough for the studio to remain convinced that they should move forward with it. It was on a Michael Bay iron lung. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> just, just kind uh, of like a volleyball player, just kind of setting it up, setting it up for somebody to come up to spike it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so, somebody who, uh, was that, yes, it was David Evers was next. Oh yes, of course. So, uh, David Evers. <laughs> Uh, David Evers carried the production through principal photography, but left the studio after a public dispute regarding the creative direction of the ending of the film. Evers insisting that his version of the ending was superior to the script as written. Now, we don't know still to this day. We, we have no idea either what the original ending of the script is or what his version is. There's only a very small number of people who would know the answer to either question there. Yeah, and every time I go on a forum, I only hit the spoiler-free <coughs> yeah. section. I don't want to see something well, you know, I mean, that's going to muck it up. Is, the ending is just shrouded in incredible secrecy. I mean, you As know, it should be. Well, right. Like I, I tend to want to stay at least partially spoiler-free from the, from the film, but I mean, you know, I know the books – and I know that we're approximately following the story of book one and two. So I, I don't know yeah. where they're going with it. And so, but just the idea that the script has one ending and then he has this completely different ending just begs the question of like, what are those two different versions? I have no idea. And I'd so, ask him what the hell is his problem. Cause I've heard that there's a difference between the, the, the kind of the ending of the series from the anime versus the ending of the book series. Well, right. Yeah. So is that, and, is that the difference? And so which one was he going for? Cause we've heard that it's a blending of the two. It's a weaving right. of the two throughout the entire movie, mm-hmm. but nobody knows exactly which ending they're going for. So have they somehow co- uh, compromised that? Right. Did he come up with the ultimate compromise or did he just make it a happy ending and everybody goes home trolling? Well, yeah. So, I mean, but apparently, even though he was, you know, he was hired and signed on with the understanding that he was filming this script. Yeah. um, He apparently felt so strong about this version of the ending that without studio supervision, he hijacks the whole production and has them film his version anyway. Oh, my God. Well, I mean, I, I know this because yeah. obviously, I mean, we've talked about it before. <laughs> well, it's just, just, it was like, you know, uh, it, it was it was huge news on the entertainment news for a while there because, I mean, it, it, was, it wasn't even just entertainment news. It was like the front page later because, you know, the studio fires him, of course, right? Mm-hmm. But then, uh, let's see, what does it say here? Um, uh, he took three cameramen and a studio executive hostage at gunpoint. And then... Um, after being released on bail, he flees the country. <laughs> well, you know, he, he's going to be able to do something like that because I know he worked as a uh, – he, he worked on set security for Escape. I'm not sure if you've seen oh, that. Um, uh, I haven't seen that. It's it's a fascinating movie. It really is. kind of titled Aaron Michaels uh, – Aaron Michael Lacey's Escape. Okay. Um, it's about in 2069, doctors have developed a technology to create human – Oh, crime, right, so right, right, right. Yeah, I, I know about that. Legislation and stuff I, I, like that. Well, but the I've got that on my Netflix. The, but the yeah. listeners may not know this, mm-hmm. but 
Um, and you know, the tagline, all laws are not moral and stuff. Mm. So, I mean, and, and so already you've got this morality going on in, yeah. in the well, production the and he's working that- security. So of course he's going to know all the, the ways out, uh, to be able to bring hostages out and stuff well, like that and where the weak points And then are. of course, I mean, you know, he's a fugitive at that point. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's wanted. And so the U S tries to extradite him from Bulgaria, hmm. but then get this, he shows his, his um, preliminary cut of his ending mm-hmm. to some of the Bulgarian officials. And based on that viewing, they decide to grant him diplomatic immunity and won't hand him over. <laughs> like what? Do, I, I don't even know what to make of that. Is it? I mean, it must be made of magic and rainbows and unicorn. Uh, well, yeah, I know. And now I can't help but just like wonders like, well, should those officials have been given an opportunity to see the scripted ending so they can judge which ending is superior before they decide to give him immunity? I mean, what is up with this? But, I don't even know. And the worst part is is that if, if he had been extradited, the judge could have ruled in favor of him having to show that that magical ending mm-hmm. that will cure cancer and well, make I know. Keanu I mean, Reeves like, fly. But, and- I, I think probably if they – if. You know, the U.S. officials and the studios had really pushed. It might have gotten to that point. But, I mean, honestly, forcing the ending to be shown in court, I mean, that's in nobody's best interest. Well, yeah, because, then, I mean, if you've got courtroom lawyers, it's going to be leaked onto the Internet and yeah, stuff exactly. like that. And that's I mean, going to be ruined for everybody. Well, see, but now I'm just – I can't help but wonder. This is not the sort of ending that we're likely to get to see in, as an alternate ending on the Blu-ray or something like that. I mean, because it's just tied up in this whole thing. I mean, are we ever going to get to see this other ending? We have no way of knowing. Is the script ending better? Is his ending yeah. better? I don't know. I, well, yeah. So, okay. This is obviously the news that we've kind of like been. Right. I mean, I was, I, mean, I was scrolling through IMDb because um, uh-huh. I've got their news feed and I accidentally, uh, as I was going through, I was trying to click on something, um, honestly about the, the new uh, AT movie mm-hmm. and I accidentally clicked on the wrong link and up comes up this, this, this thing about the, the new director. Mm-hmm. For the movie. And, and I, I literally screamed and fell up, up backwards out of my chair because I, I do try to be so spoiler free. Yeah. And I just saw two names, first name and a last name. Uh-huh. And I was thankful for what I saw because, honestly, there's no spoiler. Because okay. Alan Smithy. <laughs> Alan Smithy, that's right. Alan yeah. Smithy, which if you don't know, is a common name. In Hollywood, if somebody doesn't want to get credited for it, so I can only imagine either that it's so bad, or the 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 set work is so ridiculous. Because I know they've spent a lot of money on on well, the no, scenes so far. That. It's more than that. Um, There's more. Basically, what what? Okay, yeah. This is this is just like it adds to the whole level of insanity. This is like the cherry on the top of the insanity that is the production of this movie. <laughs> this new director, they signed on, they hired him basically just to go ahead and film the scripted ending mm-hmm. that uh, David Evers, you know, refused to film. And so whoever it is, uh, we don't know who it is, but whoever it is agreed to do it only on grounds of total anonymity. And this is not just like, we don't want it released to the public because obviously, you know, on a movie set, there's like hundreds of people, right? You know, right. So it's going to get plus, out. So, somebody's got to cash those paychecks. Well, so, so presumably like studio heads know or something like that. But I mean, he wanted total anonymity even from the cast and crew. And so he's, he's viewing dailies from inside a locked trailer 
And uh, where's the article here? So he's bypassing the regular video village and actually doing it from his trailer? Yeah, like, so he's got it all. He's like, he the trailer just drives onto the set, locked, and nobody goes inside, nobody comes out. And apparently they just, they, they like, hook up some communication cable to it so that he can view the dailies on monitors inside. I, I say he, I don't even, we don't even know if it's a he. Mm, true. Um, and so, but. Could be Betty Thomas for all we know. But here is this is just you know we've we've seen you know uh, uh, production diaries and stuff like that online before, mm-hmm. but this anonymous director is communicating, you know, so that apparently they won't recognize him through. I, I keep saying him, but it, that's an assumption too. But well, I'll we'll just, just use, assume it's, it's just the easy, universal. Yeah, it's, you know, most film directors right now are men, so just it's easier to use him. But just so the listeners understand, we don't know even know that. Um, but he is, they don't want him, you know, he doesn't want people to recognize his voice or even like his handwriting. So and how so does he talk to people? He is communicating his directions over Twitter. Over Twitter. Twitter. The 140 character social online media. Yeah, it's online. You can look it up. There's, he's got tweets on there and everything. It's crazy. I know. I'm not going to. I'm, hey, I'm spoiler free. Okay, they don't have like the, the few that I've I've looked at so far because I'm I'm trying to you know it's it's the temptation, uh, but you know I I've, <laughs> sweet, I've looked sweet at temptation. a few right, but uh, so far the ones that I looked at they, they seem you know I mean they're not generic but they don't have the, the they don't have like story details in them they just mm. say like you know more emotion or you know whatever I I you know I it's I just don't even know what to make of this I mean but at the same time. You know, given the history of this and just the the story, the source material that we're talking about here, it's just it seems perfect somehow. Like it with such a story that I feel so strongly about. You know, having such a troubled production. I mean, it's it's scary and yet it's scary and kind of exhilarating. You know, it, it's because we don't know if it's ever actually going to get finished. Well, see, that's yeah. I mean, we and also, I mean, there's just the, you know that the dread. Of the possibility that they make a movie of this story and it sucks. I mean, just good stories have been made into bad movies before. And, you know, as as hopeful as we are about, you know, everything we've seen, you know, so, I mean, you know, all of the, all of these things that are happening, they're like all based on like the material being so powerful that people, it like freaks people out. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know who this guy is, but I don't know. Um, I, it, look, any version that exists out there isn't going to be as good as the cartoon, period. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's... Yeah, I know you're a book fan. No offense well, to books. All, books I mean, are outdated. I, but. See, but I guess, I mean, as someone who's read the books and seen the, the cartoon, I guess I'm, I'm a little bit more at peace with the idea that there might be, like, more than one version and that you don't necessarily need to compare them. Now, I know I guess I've, I've said that I, I prefer the books, but mm. I mean, at the same time, it's almost kind of like saying, you know, do you prefer pizza or chocolate ice cream? You know what I mean? You can really like both of them, but you, you might be hungry for a different one, a different mm. one at different times. You, yeah, you don't want I mean? to mix them together. Right. Yeah. You, well, I'd, I'm not sure how you. Well, that, that's that's for the recipe <laughs> section later <laughs> yeah, on. Yeah, am I right? That's, that's a good point. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I guess that's that's the big news about the director this week. So, so. we've got different directors coming in. That's craziness. Yeah. yeah, look how far along we are. In, so let's 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 go ahead and get to some of our other stuff here. <laughs> yeah, sorry, sorry that segment was so long, but obviously a lot of new news uh, we had to come out with, mm-hmm. and and of course, I mean, we, we'll always have the ongoing discussion about yeah. which is better, the, well, or the, know, movie, or the TV show, TV show, mm-hmm. and so we'll, you know, that that that's one of those arguments for the ages, and I guess. You know what? When the when the movie comes out, we'll have another argument. Which one's better, the yeah. the TV, the movie, or the book? Yeah, gold so. medal, silver medal, bronze medal. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy bronze. Um, <laughs> so, what what else have we got for the episode, Christiana? What? You mean you haven't heard? News. Oh well, so I've got an early report from the. Uh, beta of the MMORPG. MMORPG? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the the game is still not officially titled, but you know, obviously, it's associated with this universe, and uh, it's not tying in, I guess, directly to the movie. It's it's almost it's also kind of a blend. Oh, that's like, going to be full of spoilers, then, isn't it? Well, no, well, not are really. Are you following because, the main hero, or is well, it- no, no? See, it's it's like all of the characters of the story are sort of like peripheral, like you hear about them, but you're playing your own character. You're not playing as one of the characters from the stories, but you're like in that universe. Um, I can't say a lot about it because, um, you know, I mean, it's a beta and I signed the uh, agreement, you know, blah. You're sure. So, I mean, Which is it's, good because I well, don't want to hear anything And about it's it. understood too, just that, um, you know, I mean, it's a beta, so it's not finished. Uh, and so, to that extent, you can't make too many judgments about what the final product will well, be. Like. True, true. The tech is getting, could be different. They could do updates for the mm-hmm. the the look of the characters, the gameplay. Yeah. All so, that. W- without wanting to, I guess, go too much into specific details, um, there are still a lot of bugs. But I mean, you know, like I said, it's a beta. It's kind of to be expected. I mean, that's part of why they do a beta is is so people can find these bugs. Um, but what I will say is that the, the basic gameplay mechanics, um, are a lot of fun. Um, the, the various locations seem, uh, very well visualized. In a lot of cases, they don't really look like I imagined them from the books. They look a little more influenced by the animated series, just like, you know, the the visual style of it. Um, which you know was a little different than I had uh, envisioned from the books. But, well, you your know, imagination's it's, always it's, it's be generally different. consistent with the descriptions mm. in the books. Um, but you know, stylistically, it's it's a little more in line with the uh, animated series. Um, you know, like the the like the the crystal waterfalls. You know, the, mm. you know, the, there's just giant fjords of crystal. I mean, it's oh, they were called the crystalline falls in in the the cartoon. Yeah, uh, that's why. I, so that's why I couldn't jump in. Yeah, that. yeah. So I'm, I'm just, I, I was in that area. So it was like, um, but it's, you know, it, it looks good. And one of the things that was really not was really kind of sketchy. Like, how are they gonna do like the knitting mechanic? Because that's, you know, it's well, you could probably map it to a certain key or something like that. I mean, unless well, it's, that's that's kind of what they do. Unless it's mouse. Uh, but you know, I mean, knitting is such, you know. It's it's not something you would normally have in a game, except that obviously with this story, it's so integral. integral. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you can't really do anything in this universe without having that be involved somewhere. And so, like, well, how are well, you going to 
Well, it depends um, which species you play. That's true. That's true. I think the Apollonian race obviously doesn't do the knitting. You know, they have uh, you know the the, the pseudopod uh, shifting instead mm-hmm. uh, that you know sort of serves the equivalent gameplay functionality. For most of the races, they do do the the uh, knitting, and so they have um, mapped it to some keyboard commands. But you can also actually buy the uh, knitting needle accessory that they uh, the USB that goes into USB. Yeah, obviously, all those uh, people who have been you know honing their knitting skills ever <laughs> since becoming involved in this uh, fandom are going to have a leg up uh, as far as that goes. Oh, sure. Because it, it seems fidelity is pretty good to, uh, so far, but, you know, obviously still not perfect. But anyway, so... Report- and don't, don't forget the uh, the knitting panels at MaruvishCon. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, I mean, those are those are always well attended. There's usually kind of a well, line yeah, going. and so, yeah, and they're going to have, you know, they have the, you know, lessons for, you know, all, you know beginning, intermediate, and advanced. Mm-hmm. Well, it's always cool because I know, um, and we're going to talk about Maravushkan. Richard Brooks is actually going to be doing one of the, uh, the, the, the knitting panels. Oh, really? So you'll actually That's- get to, you know, knit. That'll be cool. With one of the Greldarians. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I heard that just, you know, as far as just like the method acting element, too, he really put in a lot of time training for that. Well, I, you know, that that's something that I was kind of worried about. I mean, don't tell me if this is true or not, well, but I, I was wondering if they were actually going to be doing some of the knitting via CG because the, the kind of dexterity that's required for, for some of the stuff that was at least featured well, in the tune yeah. is, is something that's very difficult unless you are a master knitter. Yeah, I I can't help but think that just because it's not animated, even if it is, even if they do CGI, um, with the alien races, maybe, maybe they would do some of the more elaborate stuff like that. But I think some of the really extravagant moves that they did in the anime, Mm -hmm. if you had like, you know, a realistic looking person, even if it's effects, it would just, it would look strange. And so they might make it a little bit more subdued just in, just for the sake of realism. Kind of an unity valley. Yeah, <laughs> and so yeah, so I'm I'm thinking that's that's probably what they're going to do. But from what I understand, um, he did a lot of a lot of the knitting himself. Well, either way, yeah. So uh, anyway, however the, they do it, as long as it looks realistic. But anyway. it's early so far, you know. But uh, it's it's looking promising, and so obviously it's I think slated to release around the same time as the movie. It's got a ways to go yet, still, but it's it's a lot of fun. Awesome, awesome. Now I know you're excited for the video game. Me personally, I'm excited for the amusement park. Now, it the amusement park, right, it, it's going to be at, at Six Flags over Omaha, which yeah. is way out of the way because we're in North Carolina, and it's, it's going to be tough to get out there. Mm-hmm. But I'm planning on being first in line opening day for that bad boy. Yeah. It, it's kind of like a log flume haunted house thing where there's uh, universe in universe well, stuff. Well, right, yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, the the – the lore here is that they chose Omaha just because the the landscape there, obviously, I mean, you know, it's similar. Yeah, at least again in the well, area. you know, to yeah, but so I mean, that's I guess the reason for that, and and I guess I can understand the um, I I can understand the reasoning there, but I almost can't help but feel like couldn't they you know recreate elements of that and have it be somewhere it's a little more convenient? I mean, Omaha, you know, I. Uh, nothing it's against Omaha. State. It's just it's just far away from a lot of people. It's a central state, isn't it? Well, yeah, yeah it's Nebraska. Well, see, so 
It's it's kind of centralized to the entire country. Yeah. So they wanted it kind of in the middle because if they put it in Hollywood, nah. it's going to be tough as hell <laughs> for us to get out there. Plus all the competition with Disneyland. I and grew up in Colorado, though. I'm predisposed to hate Nebraska. Oh, well, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> so you may not be there, but I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be first in line. I think it's going to be cool. And I'm wondering what kind of a little lady. Will they have mouse ears? But. <laughs> you know, for for well, oh, like you not, know, like, I, kind of yeah, like these yeah, technical yeah. things. Okay, is that well, what they're going to do? Or yeah, you know, I'm not sure what they're going to do with that. I mean, probably like I, they could have the headdress. Um, That's true. You know, uh, we because we actually have something related to that later. Hey. They could, I mean, they could have. Hey. Wasn't in the anime. No, no, no. I mean the uh, the knitting pattern. Oh, oh, true. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what I was just going to say though is that I mean, they could they could have. You know that I mean the knitted wanted to be more authentic, but I I don't know they might have sort of more mass produced ones that they they could sell. Mm, true, true. But before we get to that, before that opens, don't forget make sure you've got your room booked for the upcoming Maruvishikan. Yes, uh, it's the fan convention. It's it's going to be held in Virginia, so it's not too far away for us. Hopefully, it's mm-hmm. not too far mm-hmm. away from you. Just so you know that the guests that are locked in for right now are Rufus Sewell, Sweet. Stephen Lang, Richard Brooks, and. If that's not enough for you, an extremely rare con appearance by Rutger Hauer. Yeah. Now, personally, I'm I'm going to be taking my copy of Blind Fury to get him to uh, autograph it because I'm uh-huh. a huge fan. You can bring, what, uh, Blade Runner? Yeah. <laughs> and The Hitcher. Oh, see, I've only got that on VHS. Well, Blade Runner's so. the one for me. I mean, that's, well, that's the one. But, you know, Dark City. I want to. Oh, for Rufus Well, Yeah. Well, and Knight's Tale, too. He's the, he's that's the bad true. guy in that one. That's true. I go Dark City, though. Well, yeah, it's I mean, Dark City. Movie. He's he's the star of that one, so that's the yeah. one. That's the one for autograph, definitely. Absolutely, absolutely. It may bring my. Uh, well, uh, you know, Richard and I Brooks. actually have an art print yeah. of one of the illustrations of uh, Vicar, who uh, Rufus Sewell is playing, of course. Ooh. And uh, so I might have him sign that. I, don't know, I may have to may have to work on some fan art or something. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, is it weird? Is it is it is it gauche to have an actor sign fan art? Well, yeah, I guess if it's not like approved like Joe Caroni art, I can understand that. Uh, if you don't know who that is, he, he did a bunch of the Star Wars stuff. And, of course, he's been mm-hmm. working on a lot of the posters for the movie when it comes out and stuff. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I'm sure they'll have that stuff for well, sale. Well, you know, there, I'm, he's, these guys are pros. I, I'm sure they see all sorts of stuff. So, I mean, you know, we should take whatever we want to have signed. True, true. It's not like we're asking them to sign our boobs or anything. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, you could fit a lot more signatures than I could. Um, all, right. <laughs> all right. So, and the last piece of news um, is that uh, Indiana Jim and Nathan P. Butler, uh, huge names in the the in the potosphere as well as mm-hmm. uh, fan audio, um, they're actually they've got a casting call um, for an audio drama, an original audio drama that Nathan wrote. Um, you can find the casting call on their forums at www.grilldarianparliamentfanworks.com. Is the home of Grilldarian Parliament audio? Yeah, yeah, good stuff. There, um, it I, is, I mean, I'm can't wait for the new one, and it'll be the first one. Yeah, because right now there isn't anything aside from some of the little the little joke bits and stuff mm-hmm. that we've done on the show in the yeah. past. But but no, I mean that, that'll well, be it, a it, feature length. I mean, I think yeah. it's going to be the first feature length uh, fan audio. So mm-hmm. I mean, and it's going to be amazing because yeah. I mean, if you take a look at uh, the, the work that those two guys have done, whether it's Thesis of Fantasy mm-hmm. or, um, or or with Nathan Butler with Echoes, um, you start to see that they're really talented writers and really good at putting together audio. So I think you guys are really going to like um, that stuff. And of course, the casting calls out there. So mm-hmm. you know, these guys are established. They're going to be doing good stuff. And so if you get a chance to get on board, I know I'm going to be tossing my audition. Although audition. Why do I have to do that still? But because uh, I mean, I'm, I'm the biggest fan. 
yeah. obviously. But yeah. still, still because they, they want quality. Right, right. So they're going to do the audition. Mm-hmm. So I so. think we we got a promo next. Yeah. Yep. Okay, we got some promos for some people. Right. And uh, and then I th- what are we doing when we come back? Uh, well, we we've got some voicemails. We've got some of the haikus. Um, oh, the fan haikus. Yeah, and oh, we have the the interview. Oh, well, that's not well, that's not coming up just yet. We well, get, so we're teasing that now. Okay, it's like we're like like we're I, an I'm official sorry, I'm, show. I'm, we're going, I'm too st- I'm too far ahead. Sorry. <laughs> voicemails. We got the voicemails yeah. first because yeah. hey, look look, they take their time to send us some stuff. We want to yeah. make sure that they get a little play. Mm-hmm. You know, so we want to make sure that that everybody knows that we love them. Yeah. So, uh, as you said, after that, then, then promos and then haiku and stuff. Sounds good. You ever read comic books? I don't. I mean, what's the point with all the capes we have flying around these days? Every hero worth his salt has a cool origin story, right? Well, that's a load of crap. Maybe it happens sometimes to those headline heroes. But not the metahumans I know. Most of us feel like we were gang-raped by a cosmic freight train with a twisted sense of humor. Welcome to Metamediocrity, an audio comic book written and read by Jay Lynn. Join us for our full podcast at metamediocrity.com, where you'll find lively discussion on a wide range of topics along with regular episodes of this audio comic. And now it's time for another traditional fan Greldarian haiku. Hey guys, this is uh, Indiana Jim. I've been waiting for this film for for decades, man. I mean... You know, ever since the original work was written, listen to me rattling on. Anyway, I, I'm so nervous because I, I, you guys are like heroes of mine. And uh, is uh, anyway, I was so inspired that I wrote some poetry. Yeah, yeah, it, it happens sometimes. So anyway, here's the first one. I hope you and and this. I, I thought about this when when uh, when you said uh, the other day about the. Uh, the film representing a dichotomy between uh, the the powerful corporate infrastructure versus the indeterminate secret societies that plague. Uh, are, well, anyway, forget it. I, I, you know, I'm going on again. I'm going to run out of time here on my call. Okay, so here's the first one: marvelous beauty. I've never been to Greldar except the monsters. And for me, that really encapsulates, you know, the the fear that, um, you know, that Joseph felt when he encountered the Greldar. And it's just amazing to me. There's an urgent message coming in. Voicemails. Christiana, Rich, PC Hearing here for author of Cybrosis over at CybrosisNovel.com. Ding. Um, just wanted to call in and, and leave some of my comments regarding this, this new movie. I've been a fan of this since the beginning. I've read the book. I saw the anime, which, by the way, took a lot of creative license from the book. Um, and, and from what I'm hearing, this thing is going to be even more, you know, even more adapted from the anime. We're now two steps removed from the original source material. I mean, they're talking about a rainstorm of combat knives. How are they going? What? What? What sense does that make? And 
even beyond that, they're doing this whole bit, you know, how are they going to film the drug-induced scene with the 10,000 octopi eating the 50,000 kittens? I, I mean, they can't do it CG. It would completely ruin the bit, number one. It would completely ruin the whole point of the scene. And number two, they can't use real kittens and octopi because the ASPCA is going to be all over their ass. I understand that we're in the middle of the, you know, whole reboot and reimagine everything, but I'm just not seeing the the motive. The it's it's just going to be missing the heart. It's going to be missing the spirit of what this book was about. And and I I don't know. I'm I'm hoping I'll be pleasantly surprised, but I'm really not thinking it's going to be anything fantastic. Anyways, I've taken up enough of your time. Love the show. PC Herring out. Uh okay, well Obviously, we we talked a little bit about this uh, when we were giving like the production history recap. Yeah. But you know, dude, <laughs> I'm sympathetic to your concern here. I mean, you know, you're not the first uh, to say that the story is unfilmable. And while I mean, you make some good points, I have to say, I mean, first of all, I don't think it pays to be anything other than optimistic at this point. But also some of the stuff we've seen, some of the, you know, the concept art that we've seen that's been released and some of those leaked script pages, I don't know. I feel like there's reason to hope. And, you know, I've got to say you're full of – okay, we do try to keep this non-explicit. Yeah. But you know, you're full of crap. Unfilmable. There was an entire series run of animation. Okay, <laughs> unfilmable. Well, it's well, not unanimatable. Well, All right. Okay, but, you know, there were so many changes though. That, you know, it's still good, but it's in some ways it's it's got the heart of the story there. But there's just so much of the original work that I think just didn't translate as well. And it's just it seems like there's so much subtlety to the inner lives of the characters that isn't easy to convey in in a film or animation medium. And so that's. How do you represent that on the screen? Well, it was obviously represented pretty damn good. It won it won four Jemmys, all right? Yeah. Okay, well, uh, look, it's good. No question about it. But it's just, it, the, if you're going to insist that every single detail be identical, you're just going to be disappointed because it's not going to make a good movie. And that's where you run into the unfilmable comments. But it's... Um, yeah. And so the hope, though, is that it preserves as much of what you love about the story as possible while adapting it for the new sure. medium. And so I think I think it looks like it's it's doing a more a remarkable job, far more so than I I would have expected. I mean, when we first started hearing that there was going to be a movie, I was skeptical, but mm, true. I think there's reason to be optimistic. Uh so we do have additional voicemail. And now it's time for another traditional fan Greldarian haiku. Hey guys, this is uh, Indiana Jim. I love your show, guys. Keep up the good work. I'm going to tell everybody I know, and I don't care who knows it. This one's a little, it's a little bit un- unusual. Uh, we've we've got there's no spoilers in it, right? No, there's no there's no spoilers. Although it's like a situation. Well, you know, we better just play it. Okay. Hey, it's Chris Miller. I've decided I'm going to go and break into the set of this new secret movie they've got going on, and I thought, hey, why don't I take you with me? I think I've got the right set. I'm just going to 
squeeze in past the door. I'm in. I'm on the set. Wow. Look at this. This is amazing. I've never seen brass work like that before, and wow, that's some really high-quality fun fur over there. Jeez, oh man, this look at the, look at those panels. Oh, wow, this is amazing. You, you're never going to believe what this is going to be like. Oh my, wait, what was that? Great Zerquan! Was that a gunshot? Why would they be <coughs> shooting at me? Oh my god, I gotta get out of here. Oh god, where's, where's my inhaler? Oh, where's my inhaler? Oh, jeez. <coughs> oh. Whoa. Uh, so, yeah. Um, uh, dude, please email us. Let us yeah. know you're okay. <laughs> I mean, look, look, look. I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm as big a fan as the next person, bigger usually, Ooh. but... But don't risk your life. Yeah, you know, I mean... Why do they have it locked down so tight? Well, you know, it's the secrecy thing. I mean, the director is insisting on, like, total anonymity, and then they're, they've got the script just locked down tight. But still, I mean, that's... Yikes. I mean, but seriously, the point here, though, is uh, as awesome as it would be to get a look at the set. We're excited about this movie, too, but, you know, don't get yourself in trouble over something like this. This is... You know, we're excited, but... Email us. Let us know you're okay, dude. Okay. Yeah, I mean that again. That that is just worrisome. We we appreciate it. Um, we we don't want like you know advanced shots or anything that's going to spoil me. But getting some kind of a scoop would totally rock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would. Oh, it'd be so much better if we could beat like the Marouche cast and yeah and stuff. Get get a few scoops, but please well, don't yeah, risk no, your so, life. I mean, please don't yeah, risk guys, your if life. You come across stuff, but. You know, send it our way, but you know, don't don't push your luck here. I mean, you know, we don't we we've never advocated that anyone break the law. No, we don't condone, but we applaud. Yes, but we applaud. (laughs) But yes, (laughs) we we applaud your tenacity and your ambition. Unless he died, in which case we had no knowledge for well, uh, certain, this. Yeah, okay. And, so. and his opinions and actions do not accurately represent the I mean, uh, opinions I, and actions of the Grell cast. I'm sure he's fine, right? I mean. Uh, well, somebody. Well, he called email when us. he was doing this. So, yeah, email please us. email us. Give us another call on the voicemail, something. Let us know you're okay. All right. So, we've got something kind of exciting now. Of uh, Everyone, if you've been following all of the details here, we know that there's been a teaser trailer. Uh, released actually two teaser trailers, two different mm-hmm. versions. Uh, there's sort of one that emphasizes the adventure uh, and another one that emphasizes kind of romance. The, I, the I heard that they're basically just using the same footage. Well, there, yeah, there's a lot there, of, there's no new footage there, in between the two. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it, it, the context is different. They kind of frame it true, differently. True. But so uh, obviously if you want to see the video, there's, you know, it's going to be all over the place YouTube online these days, but you know, uh, we're going to go ahead and, uh, yeah. and paste the audio of the two versions back to back here. And so you guys can judge for yourself. Mm-hmm. In the slums of Greldar City, even the idea of having your own room seemed crazy. But whenever a new ship left the spaceport, I know I wasn't the only one who wondered what it would be like to be a citizen of the universe. 
But then, one day... No! No, I won't go without you! Hey kid, climb on. From the worldwide best-selling novels and the Emmy-winning animated series, the story that has touched the hearts of millions comes at last to the big screen. An award-winning all-star cast and the digital magic of the people who brought you The Eighth Swan and Neptunian The Bubbling comes an all-new motion picture event. You will learn to pearl. Knitting needles? What am I supposed to do with these? In the slums of Greldar City, even the idea of finding love seemed crazy. But whenever a new ship came into the spaceport, I know I wasn't the only one who wondered what love could bring. But then, one day... Hey kid, climb on. No, no I won't go without you! From the worldwide best-selling novels and the Emmy-winning animated series, the story that has touched the hearts of millions comes at last to the big screen. An award-winning all-star cast and the digital magic of the people who brought you The Eighth Swan and Neptunian The Bubbling comes an all-new motion picture event. You will learn to pearl. Knitting needles? What am I supposed to do with these? In a world where knowledge is power. In an age where time is the most valuable commodity. In a voice that's killing my throat comes a podcast that will bring you wisdom in less than one minute a day. So join me, Martin Darkley, as we journey to enlightenment, our teachers, classic lines from cinema history. Come then to moviemantras.com and begin a voyage to a higher state. Hey guys, this is uh, Indiana Jim. 
I wrote some poetry. Oh, hang on. I'm in the drive-thru. Yeah, um, can I get a number 19 uh, in a wrap with a Diet Dr. Pepper and a light ice, please? And can I have the curly fries? What do you mean you don't have the wrap anymore? Oh, come on, man. Where's my low-carb option? Uh, whatever. You know, just give me give me the regular sandwich then. Um, and actually, can I change that to regular fries, please? Uh, hold the salt. No salt on those. Okay, yeah. All right, thank you. Oh, good Lord. fifteen seventy-five for one freaking value. I mean, what are, we, what are we paying these people for? I mean, they're just loading it up with MSG and fat and cholesterol. God! So stupid! All right, here you go. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, so anyway, uh, sorry about that. The second one goes like this. The Ralph Caw, sadly, shelter behind dry stone walls, bringing the bad storm. Uh, just, I, my heart breaks for the Ralph. Uh, it's just when the, and the Ralph get like burned to a crisp and then disintegrated. Ugh. It's, you know, you feel for those guys right here. You feel right here in your chest. Okay, guys, um, I, I was able to get a, a very special interview. He was able to actually see test screening of footage. Now, you may be wondering mm -hmm. why in the hell I am talking to him since Let I am you. just uh, I'm a spoiler paranoid person. But the thing is, is that he had to sign an NDA. Mm -hmm. um, and I was comfortable enough with, with interviewing him because I knew that if he did give away anything – that the uh, chip implant that they no doubt put in him would go off <laughs> and immediately uh, studio SWAT members would just descend from the ceiling, tackle him, taser him, and mm -hmm. then uh, frisk him vigorously. Well, yes. So I wasn't too worried about it, but we're going to play that interview uh, just a few minutes long. And then when we come back, what do we got? We got some more promos, haiku. And uh, then we got another haiku uh, and another promo. And uh, uh, then we just have uh, some of our, uh, you know, Community in universe stuff. Cool. Miscellany. That you grill heads have been sending us, which yes. we obviously love and appreciate. But before we co uh, come back with that, here is my interview. I just want to know how you feel about that. Interview. Okay, hey everybody. It's uh it's Rich again with the Grellcast. We've got Ryan Snell here, uh who's who's uh, he's a professional game creator and now I Ryan, I'd like to welcome you to the show, but Thank I, you for having me. I know that you can't really talk too much about it because you had to sign an NDA, but, right, right. which is non disclaimer, non disclosure agreement. Thank you, thank yeah, you. No problem. What I want you to do is talk a little bit about how you got the chance to watch the movie first. Okay. Well, uh the director approached me in the beginning because they wanted us to do a game based on the film. And I was like, wow, that'd be, uh, that'd be great. Would it, would it be possible for me to actually see a little bit of the trailer, see a little bit more than what mm. the normal people see? So I get a better, oh, wow. yeah. So I get a better, uh, like representation of how to portray this film in game form. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty much how it, how it happened. At which stage? Cause uh, we all know that the movie has been through about five directors, right? And was this the the latest one who's kind of led this life of infamy? Like nobody even knows who yeah, he is. I I got the uh, the message via text, and it was like, "Hey, this is you know mm -hmm. the guy." He was like, "Well, I'm I'm deep in development in this in this particular movie. 
I'm sure you've seen the trailer. Uh, I'd like to approach you with the with actually a, a game to coincide with the movie. And I was so, like, wow, that's okay. Can you tell us his name? No. I, I wish I could. We discovered this uh, earlier in the episode, actually, was that he has only been communicating via Twitter ah, to, yes. to his, his people. Was he communicating the same way after that initial text? Um, he told me to follow him on Twitter okay. uh, specifically because he didn't, his words, want to leave a paper trail. And I, mm. yeah, I was like, okay, well, that's fine. That seems to be the answer that we get from everybody. Yeah. So it was actually, uh, it wasn't bad. It was just, I had never worked that way before. But that's exactly like him. So I was just like, well, you know, okay, we can we can do this. So I mean, are, were you putting up like uh, screenshots in TwitPic or something like that so we could uh, see the, follow the progress? Well, what he actually did for me was um, he set up a exclusive like studio in which I could go and actually like watch specific parts. Mm. And we actually never met face to face, which was actually kind of strange. And uh, so this is just somebody that you've known kind of uh, through social media. Is I think he he likes to stay in like his zen zone where mm-hmm. he just doesn't want to get out of like that directorial like mindset, which makes sense because whenever I develop a game, I'm in kind of the same thing. I, I just don't like my concentration to be broken. So he set up the studio. We actually got to see or I actually got to see specific scenes in the movie that were just breathtaking. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we have to do this game. Now, how much can you talk about with the NDA and 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 not giving away spoilers for anybody? Honestly, not that much. So you're actually in luck, considering oh, you don't you don't uh, do spoilers. Wait, well, um, well, is it like the book or the anime? Because we we've anime. been kind of here more the anime it, more, th- ooh, more uh, the anime. Uh, <laughs> suck it, Christiana. <laughs> uh, the only reason why he specifically went that direction was I think to coincide with the game. I don't know if that was his initial intent mm-hmm. in the beginning was to have a, a joint um, like departure from film to game mm-hmm. because that's the only avenue he hasn't gone yet. He has the anime series. He has the book. Now he has the motion picture. The only other venue is, is a video game. So I think with the anime version of the, of the film, it'll actually coincide really well with the video game. Obviously, you can't talk about the the plot as we said, but some of the visuals did. Did you get to see like some of the uh, the special effects, the finished oh, yeah. special effects? Oh, yeah. So it wasn't like the leaked Wolverine no, movie, no, 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 no? no, that which I saw, which <clears throat> was fairly comical and cheesy. But uh, everything, well, they don't have the entire movie. I didn't get to watch the entire movie. Right, they're still uh, shooting a lot of it. Right, uh, a lot of the scenes that I saw were just uh, the actors communicating, and then there was a lot of like like space exploration shots, and it was just. It was breathtaking. Like, mm. I honestly can't put it into words, like, how good it looked. Wow. And, and do you th- foresee any problems with uh, translating that to uh, to the video game? Only graphically. It won't be as visually stunning as uh, the movie mm-hmm. because video games aren't, aren't that enhanced yet. But we will do our best and to make uh, something as visually represent- representative. Okay. <laughs> uh, is it going to be like a first-person shooter or an RTS? Oh, no, this is uh, – it won't be a real-time strategy. It will actually be a uh, like a third-person like platformer, um, kind of like over-the-shoulder over the kind of uh, – oh, Like Gears of War. Right, exactly. Yeah. Oh. Well, is there a name for the game yet? Can't really talk about that either. Okay. Did any of the actors provide any voice talent? Uh, every actor. Every actor? Every did? actor. That was uh, the main thing that I asked uh, said director. I was like – Okay, in order for this to be a really good movie adaptation of a, or a, a game adaptation of a movie, uh, we need those voice actors. 
And he was like, okay, I can do that. And he did. Is is the uh, release of the video game going to predate the release of the movie? It will actually come out a little after if we don't have any problems. But you know, I'm, I'm not. A, I can't tell the future. It if we he wants it to come out a little after the movie, so people will still be kind of jazzed, and then they'll actually want to play the character. Mm-hmm. So I, it kind of makes sense. Awesome. Well, thank you very much, Ryan, for being on the show. I really appreciate it, and no I can't wait to see the game and. And I'm not quite sure if you gave us any more details on the movie than we already had, but it's still very much appreciated. No problem. Thank you for having me. For Agent Cyrus, the world's first cyborg, the mission should have been simple. You deploy, secure the hotel, take him into custody, and extract. But when a routine snatch and grab goes wrong... Confirmed. Hostile jumped nine stories and is fleeing. Do not engage Hostile. I repeat... Do not engage. Cyrus finds herself at the center of a conspiracy that threatens the very foundation of her existence. The virus is progressive, and as it eats through the programming, your implants will lose their functionality. Your critical biological systems are dependent on the implants. If they die, either from the virus or your own immune system rejecting them, my biological systems won't be able to function. Now, with time running against her, Cyrus finds herself in the crosshairs of a conspiracy set to destroy her. (laughs) You think that because you have his name, you've cracked this case? You haven't scratched the surface. Even if you dig, you won't live long enough to see it through. You have no idea where this goes. On January 1, 2010, Cybrosis, the debut podcast novel by PC Herring, hacks into your RSS feed. Join some of the biggest names in podcasting, including Heather Welliver. You were right to fear us, you son of a bitch. Christiana Ellis. You and I work together to solve this. Together we go as far as needed until all of your questions are answered and we have the absolute truth. Chris Lester. My terms are simple. I want $30 million for the plans. Another 70 if you want the prototype. George Hrob. We don't even know what she's up against. And if it is him... And if it is him... Everything we tried to do years ago is going to blow up in our face and bite us in the ass. And Chuck Tomasi, as Agent Cyrus races to unravel the conspiratorial shroud enveloped around her. I understand you don't trust me right now, and I don't blame you. You aren't the first, and if Tech Guy has his way, you certainly won't be the last. Before it consumes her. Warning. Hydrogen field detected. Begin evacuation procedures. Cybrosis. The debut podcast novel by P.C. Herring. Coming to you on 010110 from www.cybrosisnovel.com. And now it's time for another traditional fan Greldarian haiku. Hey guys, this is uh, Indiana Jim. So uh, let me give the phone to uh, my daughter. She wrote one actually. Here you go, honey. Waiting for the film. Excitement, then dismay. No bathroom nearby. They find the inspiration to write poetry like that. It just, you just, it just makes a father proud. And we're back again. And mm-hmm. so, uh, we got a little smorgasbord of all sorts of stuff. A here. cornucopia, you could say. Yes, I could. Um, yes. But I didn't. You said no. it. So. <laughs> Well, <laughs> since you're on a roll, why don't you uh, talk about cosplay? So, what have you got? Every 
Cosplay in Crafty Corner. Oh, cosplay. Uh, of course, cosplay. It's a portmanteau. It is. Of the words costume and play. Yeah. So it may not be a portmanteau because that's the full. Anyway, um, so <laughs> cosplay, uh, costuming and stuff, whether you're the, the con coming up or if you are uh, in line waiting for the movie or the the ride or if you're down at your local KB Toys or, or Toys R Us for the the. When, when the toys come out, the first line. So what I wanted to talk to you about are just a couple rules. Please make sure that when you're uh, putting together something, you want to make sure that it is height and weight appropriate. Because, like, say if you're seven foot tall, you don't want you're you're not going to make a convincing Aplonian. And if you're like four foot nine, you'll make a really ridiculous Santoon. Also, make sure, and this is important for the ladies as well as the men, to make sure that you kind of have some sort of a bathroom portcullis <laughs> in your costume. Um, as a member of the 501st, it can get very difficult wearing Stormtrooper armor unless you happen to have a hinged cod piece. And also make sure that whenever you're at any of these events that you piece tie your, any, any weapons that you might have. Right, right. And uh, in, in some cities, the knitting needles can uh, be, you know, I mean, anyone who knows what they are is not going to have a problem. But like if you have this, like the big stainless steel ones, uh, mm-hmm. some of those are going to look scary to someone who's not, you know, hip. True, and and wh- whether or not you've got a replica Kalmuth, or if you're just using a you know some a metal one that you put together yourself, make sure it's piece tied in some way. Oftentimes, just a length of ribbon bringing the the hilt and the blade together, or or even on your blasters, just make sure mm-hmm. that it is it is tied in some way that alerts people to show that you have a weapon. And that it is guarded against going off because it's not real. Because there, there have been numerous places, uh, different costumes and stuff where weapons looked a little too realistic and nobody was shot, but they were arrested because people called in not yeah, knowing, you know, it, that geeks were gathering and, mm-hmm, and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So that is something to definitely, definitely keep in mind. And yeah. And especially too, if anyone is doing, you know, line parties or whatever, you want to make sure you're, you know, Plan for weather, too, if you're oh, going to be doing anything outside. Absolutely. You know, a, a lot of the Aplonians, they're, they're wearing just basically like a, a line cloth and then, mm-hmm. um, you know, some kind of shoulder armor. That's yeah. going to get chilly waiting in line. I mean, Yeah, or if you, you've got like, you know, like paper mache tentacles or something like that. I mean, that yeah. stuff's going to melt if it gets wet. True. Although I'm wondering if it's cold out and you're dressed as like an Aplonian, if you go out there with yellow paint on your skin and when it gets really cold, when you start to turn blue, if it'll mix to get the natural green color. <laughs> I don't know if that would work or not, but don't, don't please don't try that because we don't, yeah. we don't, we're not paying for your hypothermia. That sounds like a treatments. job for Mythbusters, but no in kidding. that context, please do not try this at home. I'm not going to lie to you. I'd like to see Carrie in some of these outfits. <laughs> Adam's already got the natural facial hair. Well, you know, they did the painted gold. Uh, oh, that's right. Oh, from uh, I mean, they were basing it on you know Goldfinger, but all right, thank you, thank you Mm -hmm. for that, Rich. So now I have a couple of recipes from In Universe that uh, were submitted by uh, once again our good friend Nina. So first we have Lonor eggs, and you know this is of course a delicacy on Iplon. And so what you first do is you take some just uh, frozen tater tots, you uh, thaw them out first. And then you can use a syringe, you know, not with a needle, but just just the plastic piece. And you can inject a small glob of grape jelly 
in the middle of the tater tot. And mm. so this is, of course, why you need to uh, thaw them first because well, they're frozen. It's just too hard. Yeah. So you can inject the little glob and uh, it's going to make a little bit of a hole. But uh, then you just, you know, you serve it with that side down so that it won't, you know, ruin the look. Uh, so then you make a coating, you beat one egg, and then you mix it with two tablespoons cinnamon, two tablespoons sugar, uh, and a teaspoon of blue food, blue food coloring. And so obviously if you're making more, then, you know, you just use the same proportions. So you roll the tater tots in the coating, and then you uh, bake them. And because they are thawed, you are not going to bake them quite as long as it might say on the package. Um, so just make sure that you are, you know, watching them so that they don't burn. You want them to start getting a little bit crispy mm-hmm. on the outside so that it'll have the, uh, that authentic look um, and, and feel on the texture. And, uh, and uh, they'll, they'll turn out great. Just make sure that you're watching them because, like I said, if they're thawed, they won't take as long to cook as if they're frozen. So you can't go by the directions on the bag or box or whatever. Then we also have... Unless you get them imported. Imported. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> he's, he's throwing me here. I'm trying to read recipes. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, you know, I, I like to think that the universe actually exists. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it'd be nice to just get some, you know, fresh... I, I think Personally. customs would give you trouble with some uh, plonor eggs. Just the live ones, I think. That, <laughs> but but no, I mean that actually does sound. It sounds wacky but tasty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's uh, uh, obviously the the tater tots are for you know look and texture primarily, but it's it, mm. you know it's sweet and potatoey. I, I mean, I've tried this. It's you know it's it's a little unusual, but it's good. I've I've mm. made these actually. Mm. They yeah. look great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, so anyway, and then. Uh, we also have uh, a drink, curdled Blorgum milk. And so obviously we know. Well, this, I mean, are we <laughs> modifying? Because, I mean, even the Geldarians had a tough, to- had a tough time, uh, their systems digesting it. Well, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, you know, this is not like real curdled, curdled milk. We don't want anyone to get oh, okay. sick. Okay. So yeah. what we're looking for here is something Again, that the, people uh, can actually drink. <laughs> but um, uh, We are not responsible for any ramifications taken by actually making any of these recipes. Yeah, so um, this is also uh, the alcoholic version. Obviously, um, heck yeah. Yeah. So we're going to get some Bailey's Irish cream. Um, my mm. preference is for the uh, mint chocolate flavor. Not only for flavor, but also just... The color is a little more Much authentic well. that way. Um, and then you get go some. Go Canon or go home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you get some tapioca pearls. And uh, they have different sizes. But if you get the, the bigger ones, they're going to look, you know, more like those big clumps that we're, we're looking for. So for the tapioca pearls, you're going to buy – if you buy them dried – uh, as opposed to like in a bag where they're pre, you know, mm. uh, softened or whatever, mm. uh, you boil them for 40 minutes, which sounds like a long time, but believe me, you don't want them to be hard in the middle or else it's just going to ruin the whole, uh, effect when you drink them. Mm. Um, so you boil them for 40 minutes, remove from heat and then let them soak for 30 more minutes. And then you rinse them under cold water. After that, you can just put them in the refrigerator or whatever until you're, you know, uh, you know, ready to serve. Mm. Uh, but, you know, just like I said, uh, you might want to sample one or two to make sure they're not still hard in the middle or something right. like that. Um, and then you get some uh, candy corn also. Mm. And so 
when you're ready to serve, you pour the Bailey's Irish cream and, you know, you make sure you leave some room in the glass because you're going to be adding some volume of the candy corn and the tapioca pearls. Mm-hmm. But those are your curds, right? And so you make sure you add, you know, equal parts of tapioca and the uh, candy corn. Make sure that's mixed up really well. Uh, but then right before you serve it, you take a tablespoon of chocolate syrup and you ladle it gently over the top mm. and then serve it immediately and try not to let it mix because you want that that sort of brown glob drippy texture on the well, top. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, and then if you want it to be extra authentic, oh. uh, you can add chocolate sprinkles and minced mint leaves on top to be like, you know, the dirty grassy coating on the, mm. you know, the film on the top, you know, just like in, and so I think, uh, if you add those, that, that's what I like. Of course, it's a little bit more trouble. You know, you have to have the sprinkles, extra ingredients, but you know, so I, I think though that, I mean, you know, if, if you're making curdled Blorga milk, why not go, go all the, the sprinkles way. And the it, exactly. I mean, it's not that much more work and it looks great. Yeah, exactly. I and mean, so, it's, it's that committing to it really. Yeah. Yeah, and it's good. I mean, you know, obviously the uh, you know if you like Bailey's Irish cream, the tapioca pearls are, um, and and the candy corn. The candy corn's a little weird. I, I'll, I'll, I, but you know, you want the it's you the want realism. You can always pick them off if you want to. I mean, they've got to look like the belong the worms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the, in the larval state. I mean. Well, right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's we're going for authentic here, and you know the. And it's still good, you know. There, I mean, it's it's sweet. It all mixes together. It's pretty good. And so, uh, try that. But uh, you know, obviously, uh, it, that's a that's a big hit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you, when you're having a party. Well, we'll move quickly on to our last segment, the fan site of the month. We're talking about the Greldarian knitting patterns over at www.greldariannittingpatterns.com, where you can find patterns and stuff for uh, the various ships that are found in the universe, uh, toilet paper cozies, uh, and, and of course, don't forget Marty's quarter size Sansa collective headdress. Yes. So obviously, definitely the thing that you want to just finish off your costume for while you're waiting in line. And it's warm, too. Yeah, I've so, been working on mine, but oh, it, yeah? it's not. It's it's coming along good. I mean, I mean, I'm not finished, but it's. it's I'm working on it. So are you going full size? Because I know Marty's got the quarter size. Yeah, yeah. She so makes she makes them for dogs. I will be honest about that. I, I'm making the quarter size one first because I'm still kind of you know it's it's like a trial. I kind of want to see how it all comes together, oh, and then I'll, I mean I'm going to make the big one, but I sort of wanted to. Some of those bits are a little difficult on that, right? So I, I'm still learning. I'm waiting for Merovishcon and planning on on buying one there. Yeah. You know, it's kind of supporting the local. Uh, yeah, local well, and you know, I mean, talent. the knitting's fun, but you know, sometimes you, it's it's fun to make stuff yourself, but sometimes you really oh. just want it to look good. And and you know, some of that stuff, people work so hard on that. You know, it's just yeah. it's just like you know, uh, you know, you you feel like. I could work for hours and hours and hours and make something that looks like crap compared to that. Yeah, and, and I, I, I would suck as a grilled iron because I cannot knit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've punctured myself with quilting needles. I, well, no, I, 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 I've almost stabbed an eye out with a crochet needle. I yeah. don't even know how I do that. But. Yeah, well, so anyway, I mean, but uh, yeah, some of these uh, patterns are great, and uh, not all of them are as hard as the headdress, uh, but they, they range uh, all the way from... Uh, uh, really simple for beginners, uh, up to very elaborate, uh, complicated designs. 
Yep. All right. So I think that's about it for this episode of the Grellcast. Uh, we're sorry it's a little bit extra long, but you know, yeah. well, we didn't have one last month, so I no. think uh, you know we just figured it would be okay to run a little long this time. But yeah, uh, do twice the episode this month to make up for no episode last month. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we had a lot of fun, and I uh, hope you guys have a lot of fun, and uh, you know, remember to ride the Blorna. That's right. And also, don't forget, don't forget, don't forget, if you send us uh, any feedback before the 15th of February, then we'll put out uh, our, our usual feedback episode, mm-hmm. um, if we have any. And that number is 347-688-2278. That's 347-688-2278. And like I said, uh, any feedback we get... Uh, we will play on the feedback episode in the middle of the month. Also, don't forget, go to theboomeffect.org. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a webathon that I will be putting on um, or that I will be hosting on February 27th. It's uh, show some support for, for T and Sonic Boom, his daughter, who unfortunately she lost her mother recently. So yes. we want everybody to, uh, if you can, um, tune in, uh, go to theboomeffect.org to find out all the details. We're going to be doing a live Ustream, and we're going for, I think, five or six hours, possibly even extending it, depending upon how the donations go. So depending upon you guys, uh, we'll say when we when we stop, I think up to about 10 hours of straight <laughs> live show. Mm-hmm. But definitely uh, check out theboomeffect.org. It is, uh, the link's going to be on the website. And do what you can to help out. And, and, and so you know, do what you can to help others. Yeah, we all want to follow Evelie's example. Exactly. And so now let's go out there and ride. You say it. You say it better than I do. Ride the Blorna. Ride the Blorna. We'll see you guys next month on the Grillcast. Woohoo. Movie Fandom was written, improvised, and edited by Christiana Ellis and Podcasting's Rich Sigbrett. Special thanks goes to our contributors, Indiana Jim, PC Herring, Ryan Snell, and Chris Miller. P.G. Holyfield was the titleist. Theme song was provided by Magnitude and performed by Five Star Fall. Hear more from them at myspace.com slash fivestarfall. That's the number five. And don't forget to give us feedback either on our website or by leaving us a message at 347-OUTCAST. That's 347-O-U-T-C-A-S-T. Visit outcastmultimedia.com for more podcasts by me, Podcasting's Rich Sigfret, and many other fine folks. So I know you're excited about the video game, but mm-hmm. I am excited about the amusement park ride. The amusement, the <laughs> amusement, amusement yeah. the, the amusement park. I'm that excited. I can't say the word. <laughs> no way we're gonna scrap that. All right. Now I know you're excited about the video game. Personally, I am excited for the amusement. <laughs> really, amusement. I can't say. You know, we have to use that now. Bacardi Nebula. I can. I'm fine with. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. <sighs> The Fladoon Octahedron. I'm fine with it. Amusement somehow trips me up. All right. That'll be a blooper for the end of the episode. Mm. Excuse me.
and because every cut needs a good impression and outtake. Hi, Hulk, Kermit the Frog here. I'm just calling in to let you know. Okay, now we're done. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Just occurred to me that uh, that this interview bit, Hmm? the idea of you being the one to interview him when you don't want spoilers, Mm -hmm. and him having seen some, but he can't say anything Mm -hmm. because of... It's almost kind of like, you know, a a blind person describing a painting Mm -hmm. to another blind person. (laughs) That's why I'm a comedic genius, Christiana. Well, I'm just... I'm, I'm interested. I'm just. I. I hadn't kind of considered it in that yeah. context before. Of, uh, the fact that not only can he not yeah. say anything, exactly, but you're the one that doesn't even want any spoilers. And so it's like he can't give you the details, but you don't want him to give the details, except that you're trying to interview him to get as much details, but you don't want him to say anything that would spoil, and he exactly. can't. And so you just have this weird sort of awkward <laughs> dynamic. Yeah. <laughs> You know, exactly. Kind of like the you know, junior high dance where the boys are all on one side and the girls are on the other side, and nobody wants to cross. The yeah, floor. you know you want them, but you wouldn't know what to do with them if you had them. 